You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome into the second edition of our three mall bonus content with former K State wide receiver and partner at Wildcat NIL, Curry Sexton. We launched our first show last week. For those of you who haven't checked it out, we are going to be doing this weekly, typically dropping every Tuesday as we talk a little bit of NIL, Wildcat NIL, and also get Curry's thoughts and give you expert analysis from a guy who played wide receiver at K State um, and get his thoughts on K-State football and what we saw on Saturday in K-State's dominating victory over CMOC. Curry, thanks so much for jumping on again. Cool. Appreciate you having me. Hey, so we we talked last week, just touching on the NIL front, about the membership launch of kind of the tiered membership approach. You've got something for everybody who wants to potentially give as a K-State fan. $10 for that lower tier, $25, $50 tier, and then a Cats by 90 tier, which I love uh, the reference to it, the, the $90 plus tier. What has kind of been the the response that you've seen on the membership launch so far? And what do K-State fans who didn't maybe listen to the first episode need to hear about it? So the early response has been good. Um, we have not, you know, because we've been active with uh, hats that I have on my head or the, the hats, um, we have been engage the players yet to really start pushing this membership but just organically through a couple social media promotions um and in traffic on our website i think we're close to 100 memberships um and we expect to you know after we really engage the various athletes um and start driving this thing with social media ads and things of that nature we expect to really bump this thing up closer to a thousand um in in due time but the re- the response has been great um these hats have, dri- have driven a lot of traffic to our website um, and so, yeah, like, like you said, there's something for everybody. Um, and that's the intent here, obviously, you know, big dollars play, you know, big dollars really move the needle in NIL, but at the same time, small dollars can make a difference. And so we are trying to make sure that those people who can't afford to write a substantial check can still, can still get involved and can still really make an impact on K-State sports and K-State athletes through NIL. And the, you, you mentioned it. You're wearing the, uh, the K-State beat offensive line hat, uh, and you can actually find those at catsnil.com. You guys have a store up with, and I think you guys added a couple of different hat options in, in addition to the uh, initial two that were launched as well, correct? That's right. That's right. So we have uh, this purple trucker, and then we have a gray trucker, which was the original. It's the OG. And then we added a black rope hat and then a camo uh, camo hat as well, trying to, you know, trying to have something for, for you know, all hat all hat wearers. We know not everybody is a trucker hat wearer and not everybody can rock a rope hat. Um, and so we, you know, trying to cover our bases as much as possible. So we added some limited, there's a limited edition rope hats and, uh, and camo hats last week. Response has been really, really good. Um, I think, to date, we've sold somewhere between 700 and 800 hats in just a little over a week's time. That's a lot of dollars going to the uh, to the offensive linemen at Kansas State. A lot of NIL money that is often an overlooked position group. So that is awesome. And also, yeah, we talked about it on the initial pod, uh, for every hat bought or purchased, 
uh, one pound of Kansas raised beef goes to a, a local food bank, right, Curry? That's right. That's right. And so um, there's there's obviously multiple benefits to this. I mean, not only are we you know giving the fans what they've been asking for, we're supporting our offensive line um, who made these hats possible. And then you know per- perhaps most significantly, we're supporting the food insecure. Um, and we're good. we've already reached out and connected with three different food banks in the Manhattan area. Um, and, and here soon, we are going to start delivering them substantial quantities of, of Kansas-raised, high-quality beef. And we're really, really excited about that. Um, we, we, we think this is, you know, this is a heck of an initiative um, that, that can really provide some support for those in need. Uh, you guys are doing great things. I mean, the student-athletes are doing awesome things, too, partnering with the Boys and Girls Clubs, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and Big Brothers, Big Sisters as well. So people need to keep that in mind. And Get on over to catsnil.com and check out all of the great work. You can find the membership tier. You can sign up there and subscribe to that and get extra perks to additional things all related to access to K-State players, to some giveaways for the different tiers that you do. So get to catsnil.com. You can find the hat that Curry's rocking right there. And again, we talked about where those proceeds are going to go. So um, support K-State. I think a lot of you probably liked what you saw on the football field on Saturday against SEMO. So if you like to see more of that, I think it's a good idea to uh, to support Cats NIL, Wildcat NIL, and get over there because that's a critical component to having a great product to watch every Saturday and, and in all of the sports at K-State. So with that, Curry, let's, let's transition to uh, the SEMO game where K-State dominated the Red Hawks 45 to nothing. Just... Maybe to start off, what was your maybe biggest takeaway that you took from that game? Biggest takeaway, I think, is we have a lot of depth, and we have a lot. We have a a, a really uh, strong freshman class. I think those are the things that it, that that I took away the most. Um, you know, I think we have. I mean, I think we show we trotted out. You know, two, three deep at various positions, and people were out there making plays. And I can't remember ever being as excited to watch a, a, a group of freshmen out there having a lot of success early on. Um, you know, I think everybody, once we got up big, was waiting for Avery Johnson to come in and, and to have his moment. Um, and and I don't think anybody could have could have expected him to come in and make it look that easy. And now, granted, we were playing an FCS team that was getting beat pretty handily, but he came in and he looked poised and he, and he maneuvered around like a, like a bet. And so it was pleased to see that and then you know a host of other guys I mean Asa Newsom and Austin Romain are two guys who really flew around Jack Fabris as well on the defensive side of the ball um Chitty really had you know really had some strong plays there um and then on the offensive side of the ball you know you got to see Jace Brown and, and Trace Spivey have an impact as well and so I think it was just really really fun to see that young group who we've heard so much about get out there and show what they're capable of and show that hey if we need to rely on some of these guys that, that there's, you know, that, that there's something there. Um, so I think the depth was significant for me. Um, and, and then, you know, we did what we were supposed to do. We took care of business and we did it and, you know, we did it in a convincing fashion. And that's always a really, really positive thing coming out of a, out of a, you know, grueling off season. So let, let's start there with the, the depth component and the freshmen that you just hit on. So my initial takeaway, Curry, when I'm looking out there in the field is some of these freshmen just look different. From a physical standpoint, you know, you look at a guy like Shitty, Shitty, and you look at a guy like Trey Spivey and Asa Newsom, and how long and athletic and kind of just freakish athleticism these guys are, and their size—like they don't look like true freshmen. 
Do you recall in the last several years any K-State team having this type of yeah, – we know they signed a great class. I just can't recall having these types of true freshmen out there on the field in a long time. No, I can't. I can't. Um, you know, been around program for a long time, and I can remember obviously, a you know, impact freshmen here and there, maybe a couple within a class, but never a, a group like we have now. Um, guys who look like they belong. Guys who look like they, they, they had enough of an understanding of the game and what they were supposed to be doing to really try to make plays. I mean, I think about a play where Jack Fabris um, you know, flies down from his safety position and makes a I mean, makes a play right at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, that's you know, fresh, you know, we've we've had freshmen in the past who have been capable of that, but they're not there yet mentally to go ahead and make that play. They're not trusting themselves and their assignments to go ahead and make that play. And that in Jack's example is just one example. You know, you saw Asa track a guy down, you know, on the sideline for a for a one or two yard gain and 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 just look like he had a different speed element than what we've seen at that linebacker position. Um, and I could go on and on. I mean, I just think that the, the, what they sh- what they showed on Saturday night, I think gives us, you know, a, a lot of hope for not only this season and what they can contribute, but years to come. Well, and I'll just tell you, on the, and not to put too high expectations on Jack Fabris, like this is a guy that was a, a two-star recruit coming out of Georgia, didn't have maybe the hype and the buzz that a lot of those other guys did in the 2023 recruiting class. But we have heard comps to Ty Zimmerman, a guy that you played with at Kansas State. And uh, it certainly seems like he he has a bright future. He's a coach's son, John Fabris, who coached at K-State. So we know he's got it up there that he picks things up very quickly and uh, certainly looks like he's got a bright future. Uh, we're going to talk more K-State football here and dive into the defense and the offense and break things down. But first, got to tell you again about our friends at Homefield Apparel. Uh, did two K-State drops over the last three months, and uh, you can check them out at homefieldapparel.com. Tons of great gear out there. I know I've got around 20 different uh, – actually, I shouldn't say I've got around 20. I'm about to have close to 20 home-field apparel gear. I had 11, and I ordered another four. So I'm going to have 15 home-field apparel shirts in my closet. They've got everything that you could want, including a, a really cool bomber jacket uh, on their website as well, that uh, a lavender bomber jacket with a pennant willy and email written on the back. Uh, as well as shirts and hoodies, super comfortable, super slick. Retro logos, if that's your style, it is for me. Get on out to homefieldapparel.com. And as we told you before on here, you can score 15% off your order if you're a first-time purchaser with the discount code EMAW23. So get on out to Home Field Apparel and get ready. Uh, get out there and rock your gear as you're uh, tailgating in Bill Cider Family Stadium. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What's All right, we're back with uh, former K-State wide receiver partner at Wildcat NIL, Curry Sexton. Curry, I know offense is a sexy thing to talk about often, but I want to start here with the defense side of the football because I, John, Derek, and I on the, the three-month pod thought that, that would they'd be playing a little bit of catch-up just because they were, I think they were 105th in the country in return production on the defensive side of the football with less than 50% of their production returning from last year. We knew they had no starts returning at corner, although Jacob Parrish got a lot of valuable experience last year. What did you make of the defense shutting out what was a, a actual really good SEMO offense? 
I was incredibly impressed. I mean, I thought we flew around um, from snap one and made it really, really tough on that offense. I thought it all started up front. Um, you know, we had, I mean, you had various guys on that in that front three make, making a ton of plays. I mean, um, Damian Elalio and, and Austin Moore teaming up for a sack on the first drive. I mean, awesome to see Damian get in there and make a play. He's a guy who, you know, he's going to be entrusted with a lot this year because of the, the depth or, or lack of perceived depth. Um, at that defensive tackle spot. So seeing him get in there early and make a play was huge. Uh, Austin Moore in that first quarter, first half, was, was just everywhere, making plays at or behind the line of scrimmage on, on almost every series. Getting to see Uso get out there um, and show a little bit of what he can do and how he can really occupy several you know, several bodies on the offensive line and, and still make plays. Uh, I think we got to see a little bit of uh, you know, what we've heard about um, in relation to him this entire offseason. And then you know you had you know you had Khalid Duke and Brendan Mott and Nate Matlack and Toby Toby O um, you know really putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback and in the backfield and so I thought from my perspective everything started up front which I think in turn just naturally makes easy things easy on the back end um, but then you know in the back end I was I was very very impressed with what we had out there in in Jacob Parrish and Keenan Garber and Will Lee I thought all of them did a really nice job. Um, I thought they made it really, really tough on some really good SEMO receivers. In particular, I thought Jacob Parrish had a heck of a game. Um, he was all over, you know, he was all over, you know, the receivers in the passing game, um, you know, was there at the point of the catch whenever balls were thrown his way and was involved in the run game as well. And so was really, really excited to see that. Um, it didn't seem like SEMO ever really had a chance to, to th- you know, to threaten to score. And, and I think it's just because of the pressure that we put on them the entire game. And I think hats off to our coaching staff. I think, again, I'm going to go back to the depth piece here. It was incredibly hot Saturday. First game of the season. Um, naturally it's it, your conditioning, your conditioning doesn't catch up yet, you know, to game conditioning because you're, you're not used to exerting yourself like that, you know, snap in and snap out. And so with, pair that with the heat and you had a recipe for guys being tired and you saw guys, you know, with their hands on their hips, that second series of the, game i mean it was it was very very hot but you know we combated that by rotating guys in and out constantly we were getting fresh bodies in there to make sure the guys were fresh and the guys were you know the guys were ready to go and and again that depth piece is is crucial in the conference that we play in and is it something that we've always had the benefit of you know you know so many so many times over the years we've had to rely on you know basically your frontline starters um and, and, you know, you can't trust the guys who back them up to shuffle them in and out. And that doesn't seem to be the case this year. And because of that, you know, you were seeing guys out there, they were fresh, they were making plays. And so um, I think, yeah, I, the things that impressed me most were the depth and then our front, you know, our defensive front. Well, I expected to see multiple stoppages for cramping during the game and, and injury timeouts for that. And I don't recall one happening on K-State in that game, which shows how well they kept guys fresh, hydrated, rotating bodies. You mentioned, I mean, I, I can't I can't remember the exact number of snap counts that uh, guys that took the field defensively for K-State, but it was a constant rotation of dudes out there. And, you know, out of their top 26 players on the defensive side of the field uh, that took the field, 12 were sophomores or younger. And so it just shows also what you've been talking about, the depth and the the two deep that there's a lot of young guys out there that just show the future. It's not, it's not just this year. Like the future is, is very bright. Like a lot of people forget Will Lee is a sophomore. He's a junior college transfer, but his eligibility, he's actually a sophomore. 
Jacob Parrish is listed as a sophomore. He's a true sophomore. He didn't even redshirt last year. And you think about a guy like Parrish, who was such a late add to the recruiting class, didn't have a lot of offers, and then he blew up with his track numbers, and a lot of programs tried to come in and steal him away from K-State and his recruitment, and then he ends up playing 300-plus snaps last year. You hit on Parrish. The thing, Curry, that impressed me the most about him, like we know he's got elite speed and coverage skills, but his physicality stood out with me. I mean, he was laying the wood. He's not the biggest dude out there, but he was getting guys down on his own. There was a fourth and eight, I think, and he he was right there on his guy and tackled him short, a yard short of the first uh, a solo tackle. I, that that really impressed me with him. Yeah, I, I know the exact play you're talking about, and that was one of the few times where Simo was kind of at or, or just past midfield. I think they set themselves back a little bit with a penalty on that drive. But yeah, I mean, it, again, at the point of the catch, you know, all that receiver has to do is make that catch and, and, and you know, fight forward for one yard and Parrish didn't allow it to happen. I um, mean, yeah, his physicality impressed me. I mean, from snap one, you know, he was getting after it, you know, in, in the run game and was, you know, kind of talking trash to the other, to the opponent. And you could tell he was really engaged um, and, 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 you know, was, was, was really, you know, confident in his own abilities, which is incredible to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, you know, he's a guy and, and I think I mentioned this on last week's show. This, this staff's ability to to find talent. Um, it isn't, you know, the Avery Johnsons of the world. You know, you talk about Jacob Parrish being a late add to the 2022 class and already being an incredible player. I think you're, you mentioned it with Jack Fabris. Jack Fabris was, you know, I think some people thought, here's a kid, his dad coached at K-State. This is probably, you know, a little bit of a gift to a former staffer, his son. And then he comes out game one and shows you that that's far from the case. And Austin Romain, same boat. Austin Romain was one of the lowest rate, rated kids in that 2023 class, which was full of a lot of kids of, you know, uh, of high eye caliber. And here he is, you know, after being in the program for just eight short months, um, you know, one of the first linebackers off the bench and in, in in, in showing as though he belonged. And, and again, those are just a few, but I think our staff has, has just done an incredible job of, of, of finding you know, talent that isn't, you know, the talent with offers from everybody in the region or everybody in the country. Well, and Chitty Obiazor is a guy that I think a lot of us thought initially when they signed him would be a little bit of a project, big size coming out of Minnesota, six foot six, a little light. They thought he would eventually slide down to nose tackle and they were going to try to get him up to around 300 pounds with his frame. But now he's out there thriving at defensive end and just looks the part and is out there. He played 10 snaps uh, against Simo, it's just another dude. And yeah, you mentioned it. Romaine was one of the third or fourth lowest recruits in the 2023 class. And we've just heard so much buzz on Austin Romaine this offseason. You know, talk about Jake Clifton. He got banged up in that game and hopefully won't miss too much time. But Jake Clifton, he's another true sophomore. Like the linebacker depth really blew me away. And we knew the linebacker depth would be good. But for the defense to do what it did, and Daniel Green and Desmond Purnell, two of their top players, not even get a tackle and the game recorded, it, it It was really impressive. And I thought, you know, you mentioned Uso, Curry. Uh, they were going up against Zach Geig, who was the Remington Award winner for the FCS top center. And they just pushed him back. Damian Elalio started the game. He had a sack early on. Uh, Khalid Duke uh, helped force by making the quarterback slide up in the pocket. But I was just blown away with even Javon Banks coming in at nose tackle as well. Like, it, it looks like they're going to have a quality two or three deep at nose tackle and the thing about Uso, man, is he played 11 snaps. He dominated when he was in. But the thing I love, Curry, is 
he also just flies around on the field. Like he's 330 plus pounds. And there were two different times I noticed him 15 yards downfield chasing down uh, a, a guy that was running down the field to try and help make a tackle. And it just really impressed me with his effort as well. Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I think anybody on the team would tell you, the coaches would tell you that pound for pound, he's probably one of the best athletes on the team. Um, I mean, his, you know, you, you could see it in his, in his maneuver, in his movement ability, but he is incredibly quick. Um, he's, you know, he's agile. He, he's, you know, he's, he's athletic as all get out. Um, we probably haven't seen a guy like him at that position in, in, in quite some time. And so, yeah, really excited, to, you know, really, really happy for him to see him flash, um, especially in light of the concerns about his ability to even suit up and play. And then, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, obviously Damian made a big play early. I thought Javon Banks made some really, you know, showed some really good flashes. You know, he's a guy who maybe didn't receive a lot of buzz this offseason after transferring from Mississippi State. Um, but he looked like he belonged. I mean, he he showed some. He's not as big as he's so obviously not as big as Damian, but he showed some. You know, he he showed some quickness inside, uh, which will be you know welcome on on you know especially pass downs. And then in a guy that we haven't talked about yet in that true freshman class who got in and got some snaps late is Asher. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but but again, a, a guy who was was one of the lower rated recruits in the class. You know, you typically don't see young defensive tackles play, play early because of the physicality of, of that position, those are guys who need some time to develop. Now, I was solid with Eli Huggins and, and, and people before him, um, Drew Wiley, et cetera. But for him to be out there, even in that maybe fourth defensive tackle role um, on opening night, I think shows, you know, it, it speaks well to his progression. And so really, really Im- impressed with that defensive tackle group, um, especially after them being a point of concern for a lot of the offseason. And Khalid Duke. Uh, I thought he really flashed. I thought Nate Matlack flashed to Curry. I mean, obviously, some great film study by Nate to uh, to read that screenplay and almost pull off a, a Colorado-esque Travis Hunter pick that he had in the TCU game, that game where he laid out and stretched out. I, I thought the defensive end position showed a lot of good things as well and the ability to get after the quarterback, which you're replacing a guy like Felix after losing him. Uh, and that was a point of concern. But I, I just I feel like Duke could be a double-digit sack guy this year when you watch him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his his explosiveness off the edge is is pro. It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be among the elite in the in the country. I mean, that you know that spin move he put on their left tackle to sack quarterback was unbelievable. Um, he he certainly did not look like a defensive end. Um, you know, with 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 that move, and I did. You know, people around us thought that he just came off the edge. You know, uninhibited. He kind of did because of the movie put on the guy, but I think people thought he was a free rusher because of how quickly he got into the backfield and into the quarterback's lap. Um, so really, you know, really happy for him. Um, you know, now that he's kind of back at home, back in his, his, his you know, the, the position where he's most comfortable to see him get a sack game one. And then, yeah, the Matlack play, that was un- that was unbelievable. I mean, to see him and quickly identify screen and to track that to track that running back and, and be in a position to make a play like that was, you know, I think it speaks volumes about Nate's development. Nate's always had the physical tool that showed Saturday night. And I think, you know, that place, that place shows me that, he, that the game is slowing down for him um, and that he's a guy who's, who's going to take a big step forward in, in year three. Um, and I think, yeah, if we, if we can keep Nate and, and Khalid and, and Brendan, if we can keep those three guys healthy, and then maybe get, you know, something from, you know, Toby and, and Chitty um, and some others. I think we're going to be just fine at that defensive end slot. Well, it was a heck of a first night performance for that defensive unit. And Chris Kleiman and Joe Klanderman once again show 
how great of defensive minds they are as they build that depth. And we're going to talk K-State offense here when we come back as well. But uh, first, we got to talk about our friends at DraftKings. Can you believe we've we've had seven months without an NFL game? We had almost eight months without a college football game. But that is now over. NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one this week. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you can get. DraftKings, obviously a a sponsor of ours. K-State was favored by 28 in that game, and uh, they easily covered the spread. So, uh, download now. Use the code KCSN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for $5. Again, the code is KCSN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right. We're going to be back with Curry Sexton to talk K-State offense and what we saw against SEMO on Saturday. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back with Curry Sexton, former Wildcat football receiver and also partner at Wildcat NIL. Curry, often showed no signs of uh, struggles either. They put up 35 points in the first half, and uh, Will Howard uh, looked like he just took off right where things ended last year. What, what what did you make of the K-State offense? Maybe your biggest takeaway on that side of the ball. Yeah, I, I think, you know, just Will's, Will's progression and his confidence, I think, is something that really stood out to me. Um, you know, I think obviously being out there without his number one guy and still doing what he did was incredibly impressive. Um, you know, and I, and I, I think it was, you know, I think I was pleased to see some of those other guys step up. 
you know, to see, you know, I, I think it was a surprise to a lot of us that, that Keegan wasn't going to suit up and wasn't going to play. Um, and then Jaden Jackson on drive one to, you know, to, to, to catch a, you know, 30, 33 yard touchdown on a post route, um, I think, you know, speaks well to, you know, to what he might be able to bring to the table in a backup role. And then RJ, you know, everybody's been waiting for RJ to pop and it was good to see him pop, but, but ultimately, you know, just, just Will's progression. I mean, I thought he had, he was in complete command other than, you know, the, the one mistake where, you know, where, where we got beat up front and, and, and Will got hit as, as he was throwing a ball that may have been picked at anyways. Um, I thought he just, he was in complete command of the game from the first drive to his last snap. Well, let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, Curry, expand on that a little bit more. Obviously, I, I just consider Ben Sennett a wide receiver because he's so athletic and gifted and he had 100 yards receiving in the first half. So maybe we just include him when we're talking about the passing game. Akise throws for 360 yards. Will Howard had 297 through the air, completed 70% of his passes, 11.4 yards per pass. And you mentioned it. RJ led the team with 119 yards receiving. There's been a ton of buzz about him, and now it looks like it may be coming to fruition. So I know they didn't have Keegan, and we were really excited to see Keegan Johnson and what he brings to the table. We think he's their most talented wide receiver they've had in a long time and a real true number one. So it was disappointing to not get the opportunity to see him, but maybe it, the value of, of getting able to get some of these other guys more reps and, and RJ Garcia and Jaden Jackson and what they brought out there on Saturday, what you saw from them. Absolutely. And, and you could tell that there was no, I mean, you know, I think we can all agree that, that RJ and Philip don't have blazing speed. Um, and so that you, I, I, in a lot of times that we were in a, you know, if we were in a two receiver set, whether 21 or 12 personnel, I don't know how you characterize that with Ben Sennett, but, um, but they're, they're, you never felt like the defense had that deep threat um, with 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 Philip and RJ being the two receivers out there. Um, but I thought our coaches did a, a an incredible job of scheming, you know, of scheming things open. Um, you saw RJ get open both this immediate and deep levels, which is really really good to see. And you know, some of that I think was just Will throwing him open. Um, and, and then, you know, I think Ben Sennett, just watching him move around the football field is, is, is so fun to see him. He's, he's kind of almost like in, in ways, you know, some of what we see from the tight end position at the NFL these days. I mean, he's lined up in the, he's lined up in a fullback position sometimes in shotgun. The next snap, he's in line tight end. And the next snap, he's bumped out to the slot or even to, or to even to the wide out receiver. Um, and so I think just the, the way that they're that, that they're obviously going to use him in the offense this year. It's just something that we've never seen before at K State from that position. Um, I think about that 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 deep ball that he caught, or the, it was you know the, the the pass he caught over the middle of the field um, for you know a big big gain. If you go back and look at that play, you know that's historically what what they may refer to as a is a fork or a crossing route. And typically, you know when you're getting that can be run against man or zone, you're you're running that play to get the corner route open to the inside receiver. The outside receiver is the guy who's basically taking the taking the attraction of the defense and getting that corner route open. Well, it was it was evident that they flipped that to get Ben Sennett an easy look. And inside receiver runs a flag route um, and and takes you know takes the defense away and then and and. And Ben runs a rub right off his back and is wide open for a massive gain. And so, to me, again, that's just the coaches saying, "Okay, here's how we're going to get Ben the ball and get him get him the ball in space where he can obviously show off some of his speed." And so, that was obviously great to see. Um, but again, just really, really impressed with what we brought as a whole from that group. I think it was, you know, I think for a lot of those guys, obviously not Phil. He's been there and he's had a success, but 
for RJ um, and Jaden, I think for them to be able to make big plays is going to is going to help catapult them to a lot of success this year. Yeah, I mean, you hit on it, Curry. Without Keegan, you, you don't have like that absolute murder, and we know that Keegan is the the probably the most explosive player that this offense has, and so getting him back will be a key component and hopefully he can have a healthy season because he's going to stretch defenses and make them so incredibly hard to defend because you got a guy like Senate and then you got a great route runner like RJ and you got Phillip Brooks as a veteran receiver. It'll be hard to defend this passing game. Then coupled with the offensive line back and then the running game that K-State has with DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward. We we haven't even talked about the running game, but but what did you make of, of DJ Giddens, Ward, and, and how the offensive line played? Yeah, I thought I thought at first the offensive line was, you know, took them a little bit of time to find a rhythm. And I think part of that is just you have guys playing, you know, you have you have a new guy right tackle and and then, you know, so you're trying to develop that chemistry. Um, and, and so I think, you know, after after a couple series where we dealt with some struggles, obviously we threw the pick. We were having a hard time creating running lanes. Um, once I think Cooper shifted out to right tackle and they inserted Hadley and, and Taylor at the guard positions. Um, I thought we really started to find that rhythm, and and obviously you you got to see a little bit on Saturday night of just it, it, the varying styles that, that that DJ and Treshawn bring to the table. Um, it was really good to see to to see DJ pop. Obviously, we need to teach you know DJ needs to work on staying in bounds when he gets to the sideline and sticking that foot in the ground and getting up the edge. But uh, but obviously he had a massive game, and and you know. But, you know, chunk play after chunk play, which is good to see from him um, show a little bit of his versatility. And then I thought Treshawn had some really, really positive plays as well. Um, obviously didn't have the level of success, at least in relation to yards per carry as DJ did. But, um, you know, did did show you a little bit of his, you know, you know, phone booth quickness. Um, thought he scored on that one play there in the in the second quarter. And, and yeah, I think we did him a little bit of a disservice by by uh, hurrying to the line and trying to run a, a, a second play quickly because I thought a review might have showed that he was in. But um, good to see those two guys, you know, really show what show what we have in the backfield. Yeah, I think early on, you're right. The offensive line struggled a little bit. And that's just, even when you return so many guys, that's just a position group that first game, you know, they, they rely on each other so much and communicating and gelling. And, and by Big 12 play last year, they were a little slow to start last season too. And by Big 12 play, they really got it together, and I, I would fully expect that again. I think we all have a lot of trust in Connor Riley and the guys they have up front. You mentioned Cooper Beebe, just how valuable of a, a weapon he is on the offensive line. You don't talk about offensive linemen as weapons, but the ability to to just move him around and play every position and not lose a beat is so significant. And then I thought KT Leviston had a really nice game up front as well, who we had as our guest and the, the partnership that we have with Loudkin NIL and Riverbank Brewing and Council Grove. Actually, we had him on the pod last week as part of that partnership and collaboration. So I thought KT played well, and I thought Giddens had a, a really nice game, and, and Ward did as well, just didn't have quite as many of his explosives as maybe you would have liked to have seen, but I, I thought they did a good job. So let's talk about what everybody's talking about uh, before we wrap this curry uh the the hype and buzz after that game and we kind of hit on it very early on in this pod but Avery Johnson I mean he comes in he doesn't look like a true freshman when he goes out on that football field and just how dynamic he was what it, how do you assess what he looked like on Saturday 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he looked like a, a young phenom. Um, and I, and again, I think you gotta, you, you gotta take it with some, you know, with a couple grains of salt, I would say, because again, we're playing an FCS team who was, who was getting beaten pretty handily. Um, and so there wasn't any pressure in that moment, but again, I come back to, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's a close game or not. It, you don't see freshmen come in and look the way that he did. Um, especially at that position where you're running the offense. And I mean, he just, he, he looked like, he looked like it experienced quarterback who had a ton of snaps under his belt, which was the most impressive thing to me. His pocket presence, his poise, um, his patience when he was running the football, all of those things were just, you know, they, 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 you know, those aren't traits that a lot of uh, young guys have, but I think it speaks to his maturity um, and, and just, you know, the type of individual that Avery is, but man, it was fun to watch. Um, can't remember, you know, a, a, you know, an athlete in a, in a, in a blow up, out ball game ever having you know the the crowd in the in the palm of the sand like Avery did on Saturday night and and just really fun to watch obviously you know as a K-State fan you have to be torn a little bit because he's a guy who in an ideal world he he redshirts and and you know he, he plays maybe three or four games he saves his redshirt year and then he's still got four years to play starting next year um I based on what he showed Saturday night I don't know if that's possible um, he's a guy that, that has a different skill set than what we're used to seeing. And I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him off the field. Um, his, you know, his acceleration when he's running the football, I mean, his ability to go zero to 60 is, is not something that you commonly see at the quarterback position. And so just, just incredibly impressed with him. Um, he was, you know, he was even better than I ever could have imagined, which says a lot. And, and, and obviously, you know, we have, we have something at that position that, that maybe we haven't ever had. Well, I, I think you brought up something that's at the forefront of everybody's mind. That's a K-State fan. Curry is, I mean, he doesn't look like a guy that's going to play a, a year five for sure at Kansas State with his NFL potential that he has. And maybe a year four might even be out of the question if he develops the way that they think. So how do you go about getting a guy that's so dynamic like that on the field without disrupting the offense when you consider that K-State already has maybe the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 and Will Howard, and you don't want to disrupt the flow, and you always hear about two quarterback systems not working, but but maybe if you're calling Klein, how do you figure out a way to to get that type of talent on the field um, and continue Avery's progression while also bringing some of the, the tools that they, they need out there and the athleticism Avery brings? Yeah, that's a great question, and I don't envy Colin at all. I mean, obviously, he's got a ton of talent in that quarterback room. Um, in in trust me, I am. I was a part of that 2013 team that had the, the Daniel Sands Jake Waters competition going on for most of the season, and and I think that caused you know that 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 inhibited our success in a lot of ways. And I think most people would agree in in this common common thought that if you have if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, and, and so I, I'm, I'm by no means a fan of the two quarterback system. I think it rarely works. And we have a guy in our starting, in our starting quarterback, you know, spot who is, who is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. And so don't want to impact that and his control of the offense at all. But obviously Avery has a skill set that we can utilize. And I think Colin Klein has shown that he's dynamic enough, um, to find a way to to maximize, you know, the, the opportunities for our best players and our most talented players. And so I'm guessing they're going to start, you know, th they'll probably start, you know, game planning packages around Avery. Um, you know, obviously pr predominant run packages, um, but but he's he's not just a running quarterback. But I think right now there's a lot he can do to bring to the table on, in the run game. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be curious to watch, but I certainly don't envy Colin. I know Colin probably wants to have Avery around for as long as possible. Well, it's a, it can be a good problem to certainly have. I don't recall a, a one-two punch at the quarterback position like this in a long time. And look, K-State, Colin ran a, a halfback pass to Will Howard on on Saturday against SEMO. So I have, I have to imagine that Colin's creative brain is thinking through what he could maybe really do with a Will Howard and Avery on the field at once. Too. I mean, there's a chance you could put Avery next to Will in the backfield in the shotgun and motion Avery out, throw it to him, lateral it, and have Avery do a double pass or, you know, take off and run. So there's there's a lot of exciting things that you could probably do with that type of talent. And uh, I, I'm excited to see. I think we all are excited to see what this offense can do moving forward as they get hopefully Keegan Johnson back as well. So that's going to do it for this episode of Three Mall Bonus Edition with Curry Sexton. Once again, we, we thank our partners at Holiday Distillery, 360 Vodka, Homefield, and DraftKings. Go support them and also go support Wildcat NIL. Get out to catsnil.com and support K-State student-athletes so we can continue to bring a winning product to the field. These guys deserve it. Uh, they are earning it out there. Get a part of be a part of the membership program that Cats NIL Wildcat NIL just launched. So go over to catsnil.com to learn more. You can subscribe to the membership program there. You can shop. You can see that good looking hat that Curry is wearing. You can go to the store there and, and buy that and get that shipped out to you. And you're also helping food insecurity and getting meat out to the Kansas food banks when you purchase a hat like that while also supporting the K State offensive line and. Also, just a shout out to Wildcat NIL and Riverbank Brewing and Council Grove. I mentioned them earlier. We kicked off our first edition through a collaboration and partnership last week to bring you a player interview with KT Levison. We're going to be doing that every week throughout the football season in partnership with Wildcat NIL and Riverbank Brewing and Council Grove. And this week, we can't wait to bring you the next player spotlight. So be on the lookout for that and be on the lookout for more K-State coverage on 3Maw here at KCSN. Thank you again, and thank you for listening to us for Nick Springer behind the scenes and for curry sexton for doing this with us thank you again for listening to another episode of free mom thank you for listening to kc sports network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard you can find all six of our channels covering the chiefs royals sporting kc and the kc current plus ku k-state or mizzou by searching kcsn wherever you listen to podcasts We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.